Hey, Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to be on. Yeah. So um, we've talked a little bit, but I mean, I met you two, like what, two and a half years ago, and it's been really hit or miss. So why don't you uh, fill us in on what you're doing? Because back then you owned a gym and I know that's not the case anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we sold CrossFit Illumin January. Uh, so it finalized January like 30th or end of the month, um, which was uh, bittersweet, but amazing and in line with our family goals and our personal goals. So worked out really well. Um, I decided to step down from mentoring at Two Brain Business in December. So back to back, just kind of completely um, exited the gym industry. Yeah. You <laughs> All did. in one fell swoop. No joke. I love it when people change. I, I, I like, cause I, I just think enough people don't embrace like really, maybe they find a new life calling or they're, they're being pulled in a direction and fear holds them back. And um, so I love hearing stories with that. So what are you doing? How's it going? Things are amazing. Um, so right now we're focusing on homeschooling our two girls. We have a five-year-old and a two-year-old, me and Emma. So my wife is full-time doing that. Um, I have my consulting business where I help uh, two, two different, I guess, paths, right? I help individuals discover what their unique strengths are and kind of help them integrate that into whatever they're trying to accomplish, whether it's, you know, entrepreneurs in business or, you know, family members. Um, we're even doing that right now for three-year-olds to 11-year-olds. Wow. We're identifying their Colby indexes through play. Um, and then, of course, you know, 12 through 16, I can do as well in adults. But that's on an individual coaching level. It's really my passion. And, and you know, but we'll get into that a little later of, of how I really stumbled on that through the gym and through TubeBrain. Uh, but then on the business side of things, a big focus of mine is helping corporations with hiring and selection using the scientifically validated behavioral assessments. And um, it's been fun. It's, uh, you know, building from scratch. It's going from you know, being somewhat of an expert in, in what you were doing from both, you know, a business and uh, I'd say personal standpoint to really, really putting your yourself into a very uncomfortable situation of being a beginner again uh, and, and having to carve out a path for yourself in a pretty big and, you know, at the time, you know, in the corporate world, a little more scary, I'll call it compared to what we were doing at the, the gyms, right? Going in and talking to CEOs of 5,000 employee companies. Um, it's just that challenge. I think it was something I really needed. And I recognized that about two years ago. And I tried every which way to exit the gym, but still keep it. And at the end of the day, it just still didn't align with, uh, with you know, my life goals and my family goals. So it's been a, it's been a wild couple of years for sure. Uh, happier than I've ever been and uh, more challenged than I've ever been in a great way. I like that. I like happier and more challenged in, in a synonymous, like in a sentence, like together. I think a lot of people think the harder things come, the, the harder life is. And I, I would challenge that on every angle I can is like, it really comes down to your perspective and what are your goals. And um, I was talking to Jeff Smith. Uh, he was on a podcast and he said, you know, he's a lifestyle engineer and it's kind of the same kind of life. Like what, what is your goals? What are your family goals? What are your personal goals? And then design everything around that. So it sounds like the gym industry, the fitness industry was kind of moving you away and you stepped into this completely, I mean, going from a, uh, what we call like a micro gym, a small gym into corporations, like going and working with massive amounts of people. That is like 
about as far away in the realm of um, employment as you can get. Right, so right. That'd be super scary. Yeah, um, but so exciting. Uh, on the personal level, understanding the you know objective behavioral assessments really well, having the opportunity to implement them within my own gym in you know that microcosm of having two locations and 20 uh 20 employees i really got a chance to not only see how it all works and, and actually how it all doesn't work right um but you know it was like a sandbox to play in to give me that very real world um immediate feedback loop type of experience mm-hmm. and then you know talking to thousands of people on two brain mentoring calls you know, I just realized like, look, systems and processes are amazing. Um, you can have the best systems and processes in the world from a business standpoint, best strategy. But if you don't have the right people in the right seats to implement them, you're going to be a miserable human being and you're going to make everybody miserable around you. There's a, a saying, um, you know, the golden rule is treat people as you would want to be treated. Right. And in my world, you know, now understanding what I know, that is absolutely horrible and wrong, especially as a leader or entrepreneur or parent or whatever, whatever you want to equate yourself to, it really should be the platinum rule of treat everybody as they would want to be treated. Right. And you don't know until you measure objectively. Otherwise, you're just subjectively guessing. So my wife and I've had this conversation like, like a lot. And this week, she, she found a testing source that talks about your tendencies and what motivates you, um, you know, and we're going to get into the Colby. I absolutely love the Colby. So we'll, we'll get into that. And that's what you're really good at. But she, she found a different one and she trains um, some people, uh, private clients. And she's like, I couldn't understand why I couldn't get them to what, what motivates them. And it, it turns out like she's internally and externally motivated. Like she needs nobody to tell her what to do. And if she decides she's going to do it, nothing's going to stop her. And then when you have people that are coming to the table, it's like, oh, I don't really feel like it. You know, it was like, she's like, I don't get it. But being able to see like where they're coming from opens up an entire new world about how, about how you approach things. And it's almost, Absolutely. it's extremely freeing when you realize like when, when I was working, when I first started my position that I'm in now with um, Level Method, the first thing we did was the Colby um, test because you, you brought it up to somebody and then they shared it with me and then I took it and then the rest of the team took it. And it was, it was super validating to me. I know we want to step into this, but the power of knowing these things about yourself and knowing these things about the people you work with allows you each to, like you said, sit in the right seat and work within your strengths, your tendencies, your, your interests, your, basically your superpowers. And, um, and then things start to kind of work in tune so that's what you're doing with corporations. You're kind of like showing people where they belong based on certain things. Yeah. So from a corporate standpoint, the big focus is on um, creating archetypes for positions. So let's say you're hiring for an outside sales position, right? And um, you could look at a resume and you could say, okay, have they done the job before? And that's, you could, you could do an interview and we can say, okay, do we think they're going to fit our culture? Um, do they say they can do what we're asking them to do? All subjective, right? The resume, right. it's subjective, but it's, you know, it's kind of like the, the resumes now are like the Instagram of, <laughs> of your work experience, right? Everyone fluffs them up. But what we do is we uh, create the job assessment. And usually what that looks like is 
we take three to five stakeholders and it might be, you know, a rock star who's already crushing it in the role. And we take their manager and then their manager's manager, maybe an executive that overlooks the team and then somebody from HR. We have them all fill out this job assessment individually and separately. And it's basically identifying what behavioral requirements are necessary for somebody to succeed in the role. Right. And so we get, you know, the, we get the rock star who's already in the role and we have their behavioral assessment as like, okay, well, we already know this works. Let's figure out why it works. Then you take the other four job assessments. And usually what happens is when all four of those people fill out the job assessment separately, there's big discrepancies between what they think somebody in that role should look like. And, you know, if four different opinions are out there, whoever you put in that seat has a very minimal chance of succeeding because nobody from the leadership team agrees on what is necessary for that role. So the gold comes from having the objective measurements, right? And then having the conversation and the dialogue amongst the leadership team to say, okay, well, let's actually pick this role apart. Let's figure out why you think we need this and why you think we don't need this. And then let's go ahead and, and you know, aggregate all of that data and provide a behavioral requirement profile that you can now hire against. And once you have that, your odds of putting the right person into the right seat jump five or six fold, five or six times. And it's huge because turnover is such an expensive problem. The, the estimates are somewhere around uh, 200% of the salary of a role is what you'll pay overall in turnover, tangible and intangible costs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge. I've, I've been hired for positions that um, from my perspective fit really well, but from once I was in there, there was this real discrepancy uh, between different managers, different, uh, you know, as a VP, so different, different higher ups in the, in the company. And it was really, there was a a lot of stress involved in that because you're really not set up for success in any manner. Like you can't, fit. You almost can't succeed and, and really fulfill the way it needs to be filled. So you're really empowering people to see from a whole different angle how, how to fill that position and really what it is that needs to be done. And it gives everybody maybe a right, the right perspective to understand if that person's succeeding or not. Absolutely. Um, so I use a, an analogy of a starting lineup of a basketball team. So you have a, a point guard, shooting guard, power forward, s- small forward, and center. And they all have these unique attributes that allow them to play their position well. So what happens when you pull all those people off the court, put them on the bench, and now you put the point guard at power forward and the shooting guard at center, and you throw them back onto the court? They're all going to still be playing the game of basketball, all playing the game they love, but now all of a sudden they're going to be going to work every day feeling uh, inefficient, right? They're not going to be playing well. They're going to get beat up going to work every day. They're, you know, their fans are going to be upset. The coach is going to be upset and they're going to go home feeling like a complete failure every day. Right. So what we do is we help leadership teams get crystal clear on what they need. If they need a point guard for a position, let's sure that we're not overskilling and trying to train power forwards to be point guards. Let's find point guards and allow that point guard to be blossom and become the best point guard he or she can be. That's really cool. So, I want to step back because this makes crystal clear sense to me as far as um, how it works in a corporation or hiring. And I'm, I'm thinking that uh, the listeners probably feel that way too. Like, yeah, that makes sense. So, so what, <laughs> but, but before we jump into um, 
more on the Colby and what you do individually. I wanted to talk about how owning a gym, having you know, 22 gyms really, having 20 employees and all the previous things that you've done formed you to do what you, you're doing now. Where you, would you say that you kind of feel like you found your purpose, you found your real true calling? Is that, would you put it to that level at this point? Yeah, yeah. I'd say um, the gym you know, and entrepreneurship uh, was a lily pad into what I'm doing now. And it allowed me, I guess, the, the opportunity and the experience to make a lot of mistakes. So at the gym, I would treat everybody as I would want to be treated. I thought everybody viewed the world the way I did. I thought everybody had the drive that I did. I thought everybody, you know, communicated the way I did. Or maybe if they weren't, they just weren't comfortable enough yet. And I could bring that out of them. So I was expecting other people to be more like me rather than taking who they are and then allowing them to be more of themselves, right? And the more I made mistakes and the more I looked at, okay, I have a great employee, great teammate, right? I have a great opportunity. And there's, there was just too many instances of that failing. And in the beginning, it was, you know, them failing me, right? It was a very ignorant, uh, you know, poor leadership type of mentality. I just thought they weren't working hard enough or they're not trying hard enough or they didn't want it hard enough. And it would always revert back to like, just, just do it the way I do it. And after that happening once many times, you know, I began to become a little more introspective and I'm saying, okay, well, I have the best systems. I have the best processes. Uh, I have great people. What is, is it them? Could it be all of them? Or maybe I should look in the mirror and say, wow, maybe I could improve the way I'm interacting with these people and motivating these people. But in order to do that, I have to understand who I am. And I also have to understand who they are. And I can't treat them the way I want to be treated. And that, you know, the way I want to be treated works for 20% of the people. So I might be right one out of five times. And that's not a great percentage if you're a business owner. Right. No, it's not at all. Well, you, you, you said something interesting, which I almost, I, I almost laughed out loud because you said that um, your gym and your work in the fitness world as a mentor and as an, an employer was a lily pad, right? So it's like a jumping off point. My analogy before you said that was it was a Petri dish. Like I kind of think of like everything I did up until you know, the last few years has been a Petri dish of all these things I'm mixing in and I'm throwing another ingredient in there and it looks like a mess, but what comes out is uh, like if you're open to it, if you're watching, listening, paying attention to what's going on inside of your mind, inside of your body, you will actually create something pretty extraordinary where every single thing you've thrown in that dish now is creating the final product. I, you know. I love it's, that. It sounds kind of like that's what, well, I like, I, I was like, well, lily pads a little more eloquent. I, I love that. You know, it's everything that you have done up until this point has precisely prepared you for what you are about to do, but you have to be self-aware and introspective to recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's take this another step into, into parenthood. I've, I've seen a lot of fathers be like, well, um, I wasn't treated XXX. I never saw my dad. And I've seen this become either when in my interviews with men, I've seen this either become a catalyst to massive change and huge legacy building 
or I've seen it an absolute crutch and the destruction of the next human being in line. Like you're setting them up for failure. I was talking to a guy not too long ago. He's like, well, my dad never paid attention to me. I'm like, so he's like, well, it's just, it, it sucks. I'm like, get over it. Like, what are you going to do now? You, you have a child and you can't live in that moment that your dad didn't pay attention to you. Like, instead of like, cause he's like, I, I try really hard. And I'm like, I don't think you're trying really hard. You're leaning on what's happened to you in the past instead. So it's the same thing. Like I could look at all my errors and my other entrepreneurial um, things that I've done and the failures. And I can look at them like it's led me to where I am now. And all I'm going to use it for is moving forward or you can get stuck in the past. And um, maybe that's the Petri dish one <laughs> where things just grow really bad and you let them grow and, and fester. But uh, it, I just, I just love that you used all that knowledge and stepped it up. I remember when you started to talk, when I first met you, you were really kind of engaging. Like it seemed like you were kind of just really getting to, into this roles thing. So when did this come up to you where you really started to discover like, wow, I'm not a good leader because I'm expecting, I'm treating everybody the way I want to be or treated. You know, four, maybe four or five years ago, um, I think it came to a head when I opened uh, a second location and I thought I had the right person. They were, they're an amazing human being. They said all of the right things. Um, but when it came down to it, they didn't have what I needed, um, but I also didn't have what they needed, right? So it was a partnership set up to fail because we didn't identify that, right? We didn't understand that. Um, and, I, and I think we just assumed too many different things. Yeah. So that was the, the, the real, I guess, catalyst for me really diving into all of this because at that point, you know, it was a very, a very high risk mistake <laughs> having a second location. I was perfectly happy with one. I opened it as an opportunity for the second individual, one of our coaches. I didn't need a second location. Uh, but at that moment, uh, some unfortunate events happened with our opening. We were delayed five or six months. We lost a boatload of money before we ever opened. It was all zoning issues. And um, at, at the moment, it really changed my world. Everything I've worked for and built up at that moment, I threw away in a sense of now I'm going to have to run two gyms where I never planned on running two. I planned on, you know, running one and mentoring one person. Um, I had to pull them out of ownership. I had to figure out all this stuff. I changed my own life drastically, you know, and this is coming from, I worked in the corporate world before the gym. I was making, you know, 250 grand a year in sales, just crushing it. And I opened the gym and that was supposed to be my, my thing. And now all of a sudden I'm sitting here, I'm like, did I just gamble my entire future away over something I didn't need with somebody I didn't understand? And I'm left here holding like this pile of, of SHIT. Um, I got to figure this out because <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't, I can't do this again. This is, that was a, a, a drastic mistake. And luckily it all worked out. But I just knew the way I was operating within the world was a bit off, right? And that was the, the big slap in the face universe saying, all right, slow down. Let's, let's take you another direction here. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's, it's those times when we feel like everything is horrible and going wrong. And then we realize there's a reason this is happening. Bracing it, taking it for what it's worth and moving forward. So um, how did you, so, so let's talk a little bit about Colby, for those who don't know, um, I don't know much about it other than 
you suggested to take it. And so I did, and I was kind of blown away by it. So it gives you uh, the way I, the one I took gives you four uh, action modes and maybe you have better terminology. There's fact finder, follow through, quick start and implementer. And it gives you a score based on all those. So can you give us like a, just a real general, like, I mean, there's so many personality tests. One, why Colby over all the other things. And if somebody's not working in industry, maybe they're not an maybe they're just an employee or they're a two-person team or they work for themselves. Why should they care? So I'll I'll start with this. Um, self-awareness is the start here point on the map of life. And if you don't know who you are, you'll make too many concessions for who you are based on what you think others think you should be. This gets down to my whole identity thing. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So that's why everybody should know this. And self-awareness is the bridge that leads to empathy and compassion. When you see that there are unique things about you that other people do not possess, you recognize that there are unique things about other people that you do not possess. And synergy within your own individual self, but collectively working with other people. It doesn't have to be in a career. It could be at home. It could be mom and, and, and son. It could be, you know, any relationship. The relationship with you, that you have with yourself is number one. And then how you interact with others is number two. The Colby is unique. There's, there's, here's a fun fact. There are 800 assessments out there on the market. So if you Google assess, you know, personality assessments, there's 800 and they all have their own golden nuggets and, you know, they bring some value and, and really good insights. Um, the Colby is unique because it's the only one that measures what we call the cognitive part of the mind, um, also known as volition. And just to explain that concept really simply, there's three parts of the mind. There's the cognitive that's IQ. It's basically processing power. Then there's the affective, and that's your feelings, your emotions. That's your personality. And then the Colby is this like kind of underlying operating system that's running underneath all of that. And that is um, how we solve problems while striving and free to be ourselves. So it doesn't involve any feelings or emotions or any part of the affect of the mind. It doesn't involve any part of the cognitive part of the mind. This measures something completely under that. It's the under underpinnings of it all. And they're all working at once, cognitive, affective, and cognitive. They all, you know, you can't just shut one on to one off, but this is when you're talking about showing up as your authentic self, this is exactly that. There's 40 years of research. There's a 25-year ongoing study where the participants in that study over the 25 years have 90% consistent results over the 25 years. So this is who you are. This is who you've always been. Um, this is who you're going to be when you're 90. This is who you were when you're, you're you know, five. I, I have a way to give this to three-year-olds all the way through 11-year-olds now. And it's not from filling out an online form with questions. It's through playing a game um, or, or building a toy. And it's really cool. So it's a bag of stuff, a bag of random things. And we actually do this in, with adults to prove the predictability of this. We call it the glob shop. But for the Kobe uh, children, 3 through 11, it's a similar 
bag of stuff, just random stuff. And it's facilitating and videotaping the child saying, you know, here's your bag of stuff. I want you to just have fun. You know, my daughter's Mia. Mia, have fun. Here's your bag. Build, build some kind of toy or whatever your heart desires. And you just let her go at it. And it's, you know, you film it for 12 minutes. You give them a 10 minute. After 10 minutes, you give them like a, hey, you know, two minutes left. We got to hurry up. And when you have the 12 minutes of video, we send it in to Kathy Colby and her team. So uh, a little more manual of a process. There's no other way to do it for that young of a person. Um, and she sends their MO. And this MO, it is them. It's who they always have been. And it, it is who they always will be from uh, striving while free to be yourself perspective when you're solving problems. So like, is there longitudinal proof of this, uh, the consistency of it at that age up until later ages? Yeah. So they don't have like the 25 year ongoing study for the younger children. Um, but they, it's definitely a scientifically validated assessment. Um, and the fun fact about that coming back to the over 800 assessments on the market, whether you're a kid or adult, uh, only a handful are actually scientifically validated. So that means the, the results are measurable and they're, they're repeatable. You can rely on them to stay constant over time. That's, that's really cool. I would have never even thought, but just by hearing you say, knowing what the, the elements of the Colby test are. And, and first of all, I want to say, by you saying it's your operating system, it totally clicked for me. Because I, the conative and that, I've always seen that. And I'm like, I don't quite understand what that means. And then you said operating system, like, Ding, 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 ding. That totally makes sense because, Good. you know, I said my highest, my highest score is a quick start, which just reading the words, I'm like, yeah, duh. Like yeah. And my wife's like, yeah, duh. Um, so what, what number of quick start are you? It's just seven. Yeah. So analogies, metaphor and analogies for, for initiating quick starts, which is seven through 10. Um, you, we understand, I'm an eight. So we understand the world through metaphor and through analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then my um, next one's fact finder. So, Oh, you got a, a dump truck next to you. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is fact finder. So it's just so, it's so interesting to see that, but I can see how playing with a bag of toys would totally give you this information. And it sounds so unscientific, but from a child behavior background, child education background, I'm like, I'm like seeing it like ding, 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 ding. So here, here, like we got a bunch of people listening going, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> like, so like you, you gave it to your daughter, Mia, which is so cool. Mia's six or she five. I mean, she's five. Yeah. She's five. That had to be a blast. So what happened? Tell us that story. Walk us through the process. I mean, you kind of did, but yeah. So as, as parenting, so let me start by saying, um, my wife is the, exact opposite as, as I am in the Colby. So I have, I'm wired a specific way and she's wired a specific way. Very different. We do things almost in opposite fashions. And when we both took the Colby, this is like four years ago, I made her do it because I told her, look, honey, this explains me better than I've ever explained myself. Just read this and, and listen to the audio because I don't even know how to articulate it this well. This is who I am. This is who I've always tried to explain I am to everybody. And um, I made her take it and she was like, yeah, this is, this is actually who I am. This, you know, and it really resonated. And we, at that moment, we stopped trying to change each other. Yeah, We stopped trying to, yeah, we, 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 you know, for all of the faults and flaws, um, we accepted each other for who we were because we had this objective measurement, right? 
So fast forward to having, you know, Mia uh, and two kids, really five and two, as we're teaching her, my wife is uh, eight, five, uh, two, six. So uh, let's just go over those numbers really quick. Uh, the red bar is how we gather and share information. The blue bar is how we systemize and organize. The green bar is uh, how we deal with risk and uncertainty. And then the yellow bar is how we deal with space and intangibles. So it's like physical interaction with the world. Now, my wife is a specific MO um, and I could see as she's homeschooling, she's getting a little frustrated with Mia um, and Mia's getting frustrated with her. And my wife is the most patient person in the world. But once we did this little uh, Colby assessment with Mia, it immediately, not forced in a bad way, but forced in a good way for her to reevaluate how she was working with Mia because she finally knew who she was objectively, not subjective, like, oh, maybe she's just five and we have to teach her how to be more rigid with systems and structures. Um, and knowing that this doesn't change over your entire life, you talk to, you know, I don't know if you guys know, you, got, you just had my buddy Jeff Smith on oh, the yeah. podcast. So that Jeff Smith is a, I don't know, a very low blue, which is, you know, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't deal well with existing systems and structures. He, uh, he, he adapts, you adapt. So now instead of us trying subjectively guessing and saying, well, as good parents, maybe we just need to like, you know, mold them into this. We know who she is and now we can teach her how to operate her vehicle the way it's designed to be operated rather than making her make concessions for who she is, having to wake up every day feeling like she can't be herself and she has to be somebody else. And that's the most powerful thing that you could impart on your children, I think. There's a famous saying, it's far easier to build strong children than to fix broken men. And that encapsulates, I think, what the importance is of children understanding their operating system so they can wake up every day and still accomplish what they want to accomplish, but not feel like they have to be somebody they're not every day. Yeah, this, this just totally supports something I've been saying over and over again. And this goes back to your wife and you doing the test. You both did the test. You realize you're on a complete opposite you know, spectrums. And all of a sudden... Like, I know my wife and I have done this. Things just started to click. Like when I would get super frustrated with her, I'm like, wait, her perception of this situation or what's important here is absolutely inverse from mine. It's completely opposite. And so I'm like, oh, from her perspective, she's doing exactly what she should be doing. I'm doing it. And it totally settles the home. Like yeah. the more you can. Re so step one, you and your spouse understanding each other to that level is really important for the relationship. You're working together and you know, you've heard love and logic when raising kids. It's yeah, the man. same thing. Like you don't need, there's all sorts of different systems, but really the, the key is, is finding the best one for you, finding how you each communicate. My wife is logic. I'm love. And so when we work with our kids, we like, I'm, I'm looking at her like, what are you doing? You know? And I, and she's looking at me. He's like, what are you doing? But now we totally get it. Um, but, um, but the, the key point here is the modeling, the, the modeling ever from day one, your kids are watching you. and from day one, they're watching your interaction with your wife and your wife's interaction with you. 
and how you communicate and how you can agree to disagree or, or work within each other's strengths and weaknesses. They're, these are huge concepts. They're huge things happening, but there's, how many hours are they watching and taking note, not cognitively? I mean, it's just in that subconscious or whatever, and it's going to repeat when they get old. And yeah. so you're already setting them up for success by getting in tune with your spouse. And I think this is a big deal that spouses understand that, oh, we just don't connect anymore. We don't see eye to eye. Like step back, go to step number one, learn about each other. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that, that usually means, you know, that we don't connect anymore. We don't see it eye to eye to eye. It literally means I failed in changing them. <laughs> this is, you hear it all the time. I just heard it from somebody and I challenged him. He's like, I, I want my wife to, to learn more and, and be a better person. I'm like, uh, you can't do that. Like, and, and that you, you literally cannot do that. Look inside your own little circle and fix that. Maybe you need to look at how you're viewing what's going on just because yeah, yeah. She, she may not, she may be growing, just maybe not in the place that you think she is. So there's so much there, but then man, giving, empowering your kids, more so empowering yourself to work within your kids' strengths and, and communicate. Because let, let's look at the relevancy here. I mean, <laughs> Brian, you just hit, like the, the biggest ding, 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 ding for me. I'm looking at the school um, things that are happening next year. COVID is not going away. It's going to have a very firm impact on parents' lives. Next year, my son, who's a high schooler, said, if I cannot do marching band next year, because it doesn't look like they'll be able to do marching band, I have zero interest in going to school. He's very smart, but he would rather sit at home and do his learning in a faster time and then go hang out with his friends. And I'm like sitting here going, well, crap, I'm a home, I'm a, I'm homeschooling again. Yeah. It's literally. Cause I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not going to force them because they're saying you get to stay at home and do online education or you get to go to school and have this social distancing, wear a mask all day. Don't touch anybody. Travel with the same skip kids. The whole social aspect is blown to pieces and right. I can be super frustrated about it, which I am, or I can just like, be like, okay, what do we need to do to succeed next year? I need to get him tested and my wife tested. I know my assessment. And so that when, when things happen, more, more important for my middle schooler, actually, because that's where we're really parents. The whole point is, is parents are going to be homeschooling next year at some, at some element. To I mean, I can almost bank. guarantee it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're talking about maybe going to school two days a week so they can spread it way out. You know, we can, we can love that. We can hate it. It doesn't matter. It's, it's in our lives now and it's not going away for a long time. So what I've heard over and over and over again is that this, this having the kids at home created some really cool minute times um, and it's created some massive chaos and huge headbutting between parent and kids. And I think basically what you just said is like a big part of the puzzle fixing this and to move forward and having success in the home. Yeah. I mean, think about this, you know, like it or not, parents have been able to send their kids off to school and focus on their life and their work and then get their kids back and, you know, kind of outsource that whole piece, all the goods and bads that comes with it. Right. Um, But now 
the first time for the first time most parents have ever spent trying to teach their kids something school related you know busy with your work busy with life you're going to give them the assignment and they're going to ask you for help and you're going to tell them to do it the way you've done it <laughs> and and again you know this stuff is not genetic right it's, it doesn't it doesn't transfer dna wise right there's no correlation there at all uh, every kid is like russian roulette zero correlation so now you're telling your kid to do it the way you did it. You're getting frustrated because they're not. And you might be right 20% of the time. And that maybe if you have five kids, you're going to be right with one of them. And you're going to like that kid the best because they're exactly like you. That's kind of the problem as well. In, in whether it's the corporate world or life, generally speaking, you like people who are most like you because you see the world through the same lens. Um, but the most fruitful relationships are always the people that view the world very differently than you are. Yeah. And, and you were to look at the data on married couples, usually um, the spouses are complete opposites on whatever test they're taking. And, and it's funny how nature it's, it's almost like naturally selecting for that, right? It's mm -hmm. a weird, a weird survival thing. Almost. It's what, no, I'm not saying two very similar people can't work together either. But it seems to be with um, romantic relationships, I do a lot of um, c coaching for individuals and they always have, they, they make their wife do it, right? It's always, or, or husband, if it's an entrepreneur, CEO, girl or guy, they're like, oh my God, this is going to save my marriage. Uh, I want, you know, Joe to do it. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And it, it almost never fails that they're, they're very opposite in most, most of those bars. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so cool. I, I, um, I want to have my boys tested. Um, both of them, and I, I'll have to get your your input on how that looks for their ages because it's you know it's important to do this. Yeah. Stuff, right? So what have you? What kind of changes have you seen with your clients? Um, I mean, do you have any stories to tell of how this has impacted? Maybe it's your own. You know, my own story. I uh, it allowed me to find my purpose, um, and it's literally helping other people discover their purpose. Right. That's powerful. And it's, it's amazing. It wasn't a path that I carved out intentionally, something I, I stumbled on. Um, so in Sanskrit, there's an amazing phrase called neti neti. And this is going back to the analogy of self-awareness, N-E-T-I, uh, N-E-T-I. And it basically just means not this, not this. And it's when it comes to self-awareness, a lot of us stumble and fall and fail through life in a process of discovering who we are not in order to find out who we are. And that process takes a lot of time. That's why people become so wise when they're older. It's because they've failed so many times. Um, but with tools like this and, and really focusing on introspection, self-awareness, and you couple it with, you know, mindfulness techniques and all that, you could get there a lot faster a lot sooner and have a longer time to make a greater impact in your life if you do so helping individual clients helping families um you know helping corporations when when people are free to be themselves they're always going to do their best work and it's going to be sustainable um but when they're not i'll use the analogy of i don't have one with me i'll use the analogy of a rubber band a rubber band that is not stretched right We'll call that our natural mode of operation. That's who we are. Now, we can stretch that rubber band any way, shape, or form. We can do and be anything. 
But the question is for how long and how well. And then the minute you let off that constant tension and energy of stretching, you're always going to revert back to your natural state. And I think we're seeing an epidemic of mental health problems because people are stretching for far too long and it's not their natural way of doing things. But now all of a sudden they're trapped in, you know, a career that they don't love and a job that they're, they're not suited for because they have a mortgage and they have two kids and they have a $500 car payment and they feel completely trapped by what they've built, the reality they've built for themselves. And when you're stretched for too long, that's too much tension on the band. That could be your mental breakdown, right? That could be mental anguish and stress. We know that. And it's all about just helping people understand who they are, having that objective piece, that objective measurement. It's, it, it's validating. Like you said, it's liberating. It finally gives you the verbiage to articulate your, your purpose and, and really what you bring to the table, whether it's for your wife or for your kids or for your boss or whatever it is. It's, it's helping you speak that to the world and, and really show them, Here, here's who I am. If you want me to do something, here's how I typically would do it. And if you want it done, done well, let me do it the way I do it. Well, here's the beauty, and, and I've been discussing this a lot, a lot with um, co-founder Josh Price, is we're, we're really trying to help fathers not be horrible at what they do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because a lot of them are really horrible at what they do. Uh, it's, just, it's just a fact because they, they don't have a sample. They don't know what it is. Um, they just don't know what to do. A lot of us feel a little bit out of our, out of our element. And a lot of instruction manual, right? Right. There is no instruction manual. Same with marriage. Um, And, and so like our goal is to help shorten, I think you would say netty netty, like get rid of the, like, you don't have to go through all this, not this, not this. Like, let's get rid of like five to 10 years of struggle and get you to the, where you belong. Right. And we, we found, we, we, we feel very, very passionately. We found a way because we've been through and you have, a very similar tool and just in a different element to help people avoid, to, to shorten that learning curve, to shorten the pain curve. And we know that failure leads to success, but man, let's, let's shorten that and, and get there faster because then we can fail at higher level things and, and even grow even more. And so um, yeah. it's worth every penny. If it costs something, it's worth every minute. If it, if it's because putting something in now and really growing at an exponential rate. And this sounds like a tool that actually helps, could help that in marriage, obviously in work, um, in hiring, in big corporations and, and in child, um, you know, raising your children. So like literally is how much does this thing cost? I mean, I know it's not free because it's too good to be free. It's literally the, the cheapest thing in the world. Um, so you could literally go on to Colby.com website and just do it from there for 50, 55 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, here, here's the thing. I think we've been lied to um, in a sense that we've been taught to want to accumulate assets that are outside of ourselves. So houses, cars, oh. and I think people need to recognize that they are the asset. And if you've, if you've invested enough in, in your asset as you, then you're going to get the payoff big time. And I think real generational wealth 
is not, you know, money. It's not things. It is the wisdom that you bring and share and cultivate within the next generation. It's, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's your children or, or children that you're, you're helping. And that's generational wealth and you are the asset. So if $55 to have a very important piece of the puzzle in terms of self-awareness is too much, you need to ask other questions. Um, you know, if you want individual coaching to go along with that, there's plenty of other coaches besides for me. Um, but coaching goes anywhere from a single, you know, coaching call all the way up to, you know, three months, all the way up to ongoing, right? And it all depends on your level of comfort and what you're looking to accomplish and, you know, how serious you are in reaching your goals. Well, I, I, w- I would challenge people right this minute, like literally, I know it sounds salesy, but I'm super passionate about it. Like if you think of the cost of getting your family assessed or going through the Colby, a couple hundred bucks and getting a consultant, let's say it's 10 grand. Like, let's just, let's just say it's 10 grand. Okay. So you're in 11,000 bucks for a whole family. Um, and you do that now this summer and you, because you know that you're going to be homeschooling or to some level next year. Right. You can, you can outvalue, you can, you can, you'll pay for that the first year. Yeah. Maybe not like the, the trade-off isn't immediate, but you're looking at um, possible counseling you'll need, uh, tutors because you can't handle it, uh, numerous fights that, re- that cause stress, that cause, I mean, like to, to put a value on this is so small. And I, I would say like, it's, it's like the time is now because we are in for new times and we must know more about how we need to operate inside of our homes with the people that we're with in a very appropriate and um, strategical manner that for success, for great relationships, or um, for moving in the right direction. And you know, I I haven't uh, I've been a teacher and I'm a horrible teacher to my own kids. You know, teachers are are notoriously the worst teachers to their kids. Yeah, and that's that's been this. You know, on my te- my sister was a teacher as well. Um, and it's, it's, it's a funny thing. It's just very difficult. But again, I think it does come from, you know, expecting them to view the world and do things the way you do them. Yeah. Here's a, a fun fact about the, the public schooling system. So you imagine this box. We have a box. And the public school system was designed by a specific MO for a specific MO type of kid. Right. So the kids that really excel in public school systems are high red, high blue, low yellow, low green. Those are literally point guards showing up to play point guard every day and just crushing it. Right. They're they're amazing. They're they're literally wired for it. They're built for it. Now, low blue, low red combined with high green, high yellow. Those are the kids that are being. This is controversial, but not they're being misdiagnosed blindly with ADHD. Oh, heck yeah. They don't fit the box. Right. Right. No, I'll so they were, <laughs> they're centers trying to play point guard, going to, going to work, trying to play point guard every day. And they're like, man, I'm, I'm just awful at this, but they're, they're being told that they're not good enough every day and that they should be somebody they're not. They should be more like those other children. When in reality, if you allow them to learn the way they learn, they're geniuses in their own right. They're just playing the wrong game. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I think that's a whole nother conversation we should have is the reason like when getting this done for your kids and then when you go in and you're having issues at school, you have a very pointed way to talk. My, this is the way my, my child operates. I know this for a fact. And, um, and, and I am, I, I'm a um, six on fact finder and a seven on quick start. That's a bad formula for an ed- education student or for a student, right? Yeah, um, the, the six plays well because uh, you know from researching and studying and gathering, like you, you, you can you can do that well enough. Um, but you're a low blue, right? You're a, what number? Yes, a three. Three, right? So yeah, you don't do well with sitting there and following the existing systems. Or no, I need to know if if I, I need to I need to question why would you do it that way? There's a better way to do it, or I'm I'm gonna you know that's yeah right. Yeah. Right. And, and the teachers are probably a high, high blue where they're saying, this is the process. It's rigid. It's a structure you follow. And if you follow it, you will do well and you'll get A's. The problem with you is you're, you're already thinking about 10 ways to do it better and more efficiently. And you're not rewarded for that. You're punished, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, they're, they're literally stamping out the creativity in, in younger children who, who cannot help but express it and it's the ideas keep coming and new ways of doing things keep coming and innovating keeps coming and adapting. It, it just doesn't, you can't shut it off. It's just who you are. Right now I was, um, this is making so much sense. I'm having a personal epiphany here <laughs> so much sense because, uh, I was, I was very well liked by parents and students. Like it was, I, I engaged really well with the students. I understood different learning, you know, like my kids finally succeeding that thing. This is starting to make sense, right? Because I wasn't your typical teacher type level. And I was loved by administrators, but also hated by them because I questioned the reason we did everything. I mean, it was, it was, there was some major friction there, like loved because I made parents and kids thrilled. They succeeded. They had a great year. And then like the beginning of the year come, they tell me what's going on. I'm like, that's stupid. Like we're, we're, what are you, you know, and I was just like butting heads. So this makes so much sense. But the, the bigger point is that we have kids immersed in the system that really is broken. I don't care what you say. It's broken. Yeah. So, and, and this is not to take anything away from no, teachers and their, their, you know, hard work and their passion for helping, but it is, it's a system problem it um, is. and it could be improved. It, it could, but this is the kind of tool that would help parents really be a, a and advocating for their kid. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what are you, so have you worked with, you obviously work with individuals and you just walk them through, like, this is how you operate. This is, these are the things you need. Like, give me a, a 30,000 foot view of what that looks like. Yeah. So, you know, typically you could, um, again, 55 bucks, you go on Kobe's website and you get a report, 36 page report. You get an audio from Kathy Colby, which is amazing. Um, and then, you know, that's enough to get you started. It's amazing. Uh, it'll take a little self-starter in you to keep going back to that and then to figure out how to piece it together and integrate it. Where a coach comes in is it, uh, it helps with that integration problem or process. It allows me and you to talk and say, okay, well, you know, what are some of the most challenging areas of your life? And let's talk about that. And let's see if we can rearrange things. Let's see if you're in alignment with who you are at your work, you know, at home, 
let's figure out how we can um, better communicate what we do and how we do it with other people so they understand. Uh, so high quick starts are notorious for being blamed for being lazy. Yeah. Um, or, or not finishing things because we're incredible starters. We're the type of people that could sit and brainstorm for an hour straight and come up with a hundred different ideas. Um, and typically we can get those ideas, you know, 70, 80% of the way there, but then we're going to get bored and, and start a new idea. And somebody else might say, well, you know, you just need to finish your ideas. And it's true, but I think how you finish those ideas is the important part because you can't finish them the way somebody who's wired differently would finish them um, because you, you cannot shut that quick start part of your mind off. Right. right. So when it comes to coaching on an individual level, it's, it's just figuring out, you know, it's, it's like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a psychotherapist at heart with a tool that uh, can help you actually integrate your strengths and rearrange your life in order to make it more sustainable and more productive for everybody. It's just you're going to be a happier individual when you can show up authentically as yourself more often than not. Yep, that's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing this stuff. It's it's uh, like I said, it really gave me a ton of insight a couple of years ago when I when I stepped into it. A lot of aha moments, um, and it's actually giving me a lot of power and and. Um, I just felt better about, you know, like the quick start thing. Like, it's like, I finally understood the reason why someone would call me at my last job. They called me F five. They're like, you just come in like a, a, a tornado and you, you, you just get it done. Like you just get in there and then they're like, but you leave a mess behind you. Like, and right. I think some of that was correct. Some of it wasn't, but it was just, but, but instead of like seeing that as bad, I'm like, well, yeah, but look at all the stuff that I accomplished in that time. So um, it literally freed me, my mind from this thing that I thought was bad. And I'm like, no, it's actually really good. It brought a lot of value. So um, I think that what you're doing is amazing. I want to commend you, first of all, for going from corporate to <laughs> small business, entrepreneurial mindset, and, um, and then taking that you know, lily pad to, to lily pad and jumping into an entrepreneurial corporate type of world where you're really giving value to places where individually individuality isn't necessarily always, um, you know, embraced. And it's like, here's, here's your cookie cutter job. You do your cookie cutter thing. Um, and, and go, right. right. So right. that's pretty, in, it's pretty incredible. Um, how do people find you? So you can find me at my uh, website, www.expressingthegeniuswithin.com, all one phrase. Awesome, yeah. Um, and I have all of my business coaching and individual coaching on there. Um, you can fill out the form. We can have a, a consult, free consult. Um, but my passion is literally helping people understand what their own unique genius is and helping them express it, share it in the world. Incredible. I want to I want to wrap up with a question. Um, what is your biggest parenting superpower? My biggest parenting superpower, I would say, um, in a biased way, it's it's really understanding myself, my wife, and now my, my children in terms of how we do things. I, of course, I have my wife's uh, 
I also use predictive index, which covers the affective part of the mind. And I think it's introspection. It's, hmm. it's mindfulness and introspection. Um, the tool that I use is Colby and predictive index, but really it's a lot of self-awareness and introspection that allows me to um, assess what I'm doing and show up uh, better every day. Man, that's awesome. That's all, I think all of us need more of that. So, wow. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you. Awesome to be on.